right, y'all. Welcome back to the Get Fit Podcast. So we know I love to talk money here. I talk money all day, every day, everybody who will listen. So what better guest for me to bring you than a shame-free money coach? Now we have connected on Clubhouse and you guys are going to be hearing me talk about Clubhouse nonstop all the time, every day. By the time that you are listening to this, I will have an episode out about how to get into Clubhouse and these connections are just fire. I've only been doing it a couple days and I have met some of the most incredible people that I never found on Facebook. I didn't find these people on Instagram. There's so many new things and I'm just so freaking hyped. I am next level hyped, like y'all not ready for this. So I have Ms. Lauren here and she is just going to tell us her story, how she got here. Tell me all the good things because I don't know a whole lot yet. So here we go. So good. Awesome. So uh, my name is Lauren. I'm a uh, money coach for millennials with variable income. So I love working with co- fitness trainers, massage therapists, uh, authors, people who work in theater, people who are excited, risk takers. They want to just go out and like absorb life. Um, but their income is variable and it makes the cookie cutter standard model of managing money. It just doesn't fit. It doesn't work for us because we can't sit down and say, okay, next month what's coming in. Cause we don't necessarily know. So we have to sort of change the model a little bit into a more proactive approach as opposed to a reactive approach. I also do a little bit of a different approach because for, you know, linear strategy thinking or strategic thinking brains, budgets make a lot of sense. Uh, if you're a right brained, a little bit more organic, go with the flow they don't always make as much sense as far as maintaining. So that's who I work with. Um, And I came to this in uh, as sort of a, in an organic way. Uh, Several years ago, my husband and I found ourselves in six figures of debt, which is a pretty common story where you sort of stop, you know, look up and go, hold on, how did I get here? And I'm a smart person. And I don't really know what came, like, how did I come to this point? And uh, started with, into the personal finance world and found a lot of like hardcore, you have to punish yourself. You are not good enough as you are. You must fix yourself. Very similar in the fitness world. You better fix yourself. You're broken. You are not okay. uh, And you're stupid for being the way you are. And I was just like, Hmm, okay, I guess I'll try that. And I gave myself so much intense anxiety Uh, I fought with my spouse, I huge pushback, you know, like I, I, and we went really hard. We did a great job of paying off a lot of debt um, in a short period of time, but then we weren't maintaining our relationship. We weren't maintaining our home. We weren't maintaining anything about ourselves. Um, You know, there's holes in my underwear and no flooring. Like just the things that we do that were, it was like, I was told I had to sacrifice. And then I went off the deep end. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore or whatever. I'm just, and I went right back to where I was not dollar wise, but right back emotionally where I was before when I was just like, whatever, that is just a thing of life. And then I went, Hmm, this won't work. <laughs> and so it's just sort of the pendulums sort of come back and forth and that yo-yoing of like part of myself, easy on myself. And then once I found balance, I started to share with people. And in doing that, I realized like, Oh, this relief that I feel I could share with other people. And that's the first time in my life I really felt passion, you know? You are lighting me up so much because (laughs) that's literally kind of how it was with us. So we, so I always like wanted to be out of debt and my husband, like I sucked at money. I'm gonna be, I sucked. 
sucked, sucked, sucked. It sucked at money. My husband was really good at money. He had debt, but he was really good at paying things. And I was like, well, I overdrafted my account and everything's fine. Everything's fine. It was, I was so shitty at it. And then we got engaged and I was like, I can't ruin my husband's life financially was was honestly like my motivating thing. I was if we're going to do this life thing, like he's really supportive of me and all these things. I was like, okay, I'm going to come up with a debt-free plan. We're going to, we're going to get out of debt. And so week after we got engaged, we figured out how much debt we had and we started plowing through it. And we did the total sacrifice. We didn't do jack shit approach to it. And I thought it was going to break my damn marriage because we couldn't do anything. And he had never like necessarily had to given up anything because he always had a good stream of income. I did not. I would have been a perfect client, like variable income. I was working on commissions. None of my work schedules were set. My life was just like, we're going to just hope for the best. And so when we started getting debt free, the only thing that I could even like kind of focus on was like, this is the final number. We have to do anything and everything to get there. And having done that and having come on the out of the other side, I'm like, oh, I never want anyone to do that. I do not want it to suck for anyone the way that it did because, yeah, I, I had holes in my undies. There are still holes in my damn shoes, but I love those shoes. And it's great to sacrifice uh, for a greater goal, but it it really did take a toll. It really was so hard on that. And it was the idea that if we didn't do this, we were failing. If we didn't do, if we didn't pay off our debt in the time that I established arbitrarily, mind you, I looked at what other people were doing and what they could pay off. And I was like, we're going to do that. That is a terrible approach. And I would not wish that on anyone in the world ever again. There is realistic and then there's at the expense of everything else. And that's why I was so excited to have you on here is it's like you relate to there has to be a balance you have to be able to not feel so shitty about money because money is not the end of the world y'all um so I definitely kind of want to hear you talk on like what it means to be like safe with money like how did you kind of develop that relationship how do you help people feel safe with money. Well, that's a perfect segue because it actually sort of touches on what you just said about like that when you put yourself in a position where it's all or nothing, you set yourself up for shame. You set yourself up for an eventual failure and it can be small. It can be a small trip up. Kind of like if you go to uh, a new kickboxing gym and you join their 30 day challenge and you're there doing two a days for 30 days and then if you fall off, how, how much harder is it to go back and face them when they're like, where you been? Right. And that happens sometimes in that online community that happens in, in the debt-free community a lot, like so much. I don't know if you ever did this as a kid, like have a diary and then you like stopped writing in your diary for a while. And then you're like, sorry, diary. It's been a while. And then you spend two paragraphs justifying why you didn't write in your diary before so that. Yeah, With my current <laughs> journal. I got it. Like, I'm like looking at my journal. I'm like, oh, I got it in December. And then I'm, I like wrote a bunch of stuff and then I forgot about it. And I literally wrote, I was like, so didn't manage to journal every day. 
and that was like a whole page and then I had to do it for two more days and I was like never mind <laughs> that's just it. what what's realistic to us and and but do we have to justify we were justifying to an inanimate object why we let it down and that journal is not it's not asking anything of us you know and so we sort of do this like you said an arbitrary goal that we set like, oh, that person paid off $200,000 of debt in four years. Why make 35,000? But we could probably do that. Did we do the like quick, the quick math on that? Like how, how, what is groceries? What's the basic cost for us to live? And let's make sure that we're building the goal that's rooted in the things that we really value. And so when I talk about safety around money, I mean, do I have a safe environment? Can I talk with my spouse about it? Am I using language that makes it not accusatory and that we're just having an exploration together and also just things like can I open my mail when it comes can I check my voicemail we have financial traumas all of us right anybody who has debt whether or not you've ever been to collections or whether or not you we've all been like oh I don't want to face that thing that I did you know and that's what I'm talking about when I, I want you to feel safe with your money I want you to feel empowered then we do that by being realistic and showing ourselves self-compassion and our journey, like stay in your lane. Our journey is our journey. Our desires, our values are unique to us. Our goals are unique to us. And to not have to justify to your own damn self what's appropriate. It's like, it's like you're having this fight with your experiential self and your narrative self or like arguing about what you should do. And that only comes up with comparison. Oh my God. So that's what like I mean. Two years ago. That is exactly right. When we were going through it, I was so, all I would talk about is like, we're going to be debt free. We're going to be debt free. We're going to be debt free. And I regret so much not talking about how hard it was at the time as we were going through it, because it seems like, oh my God, it was so easy and you guys did it. And because that was like what I talked about, like, oh, we paid off the credit card. We paid off this. And I feel so bad for the people I took along on that journey that made it seem so easy because I was crying about it. Like I was crying about it. I was journaling about it. I was like, we don't deserve to be debt free. I, we, we're, I'm very practical. I am highly practical. And so I tend to justify things as like, do we actually need it? And whether or not we do is a whole other thing. So when I, so when I got so focused on this, I was like, and like you said, I did not do the math properly. I was like, I did not even think about how much we were actually making. I didn't consider that for anything. I did not consider how much we were making a year. I didn't consider like if we were both going to be equally paying into it. Like, my husband made more money. So I was like, realistically, he paid more into it. But we were a unit at that point. I didn't consider any of that crap. I was like, this is our goal. That is all. Mm-hmm. And it, it sucked. Like realistically, we shouldn't we should be getting debt-free this year. The things we sacrificed, wishy-washy on whether or not it was worth it. Like not having any debt now is great and having that freedom, but I definitely wish that we would have been able to do more. And so now when I work with people, I'm like, debt does not define you and you are more than the number in your bank account, which I did not believe, I did not believe for the first year that we were doing this, you, I tied my worth so much to it because I had been so bad at money. And like you said, I was like, if we don't pay this off, I have just proved that I'm bad at money. Who was I proving I was bad at money to? 
Who? No, me. Me. I was proving myself. It was. Just, it's like the dumbest thing. I'm like, I'm so crazy. I was so crazy about it. So I'm so glad that someone else had that experience where they went balls to the wall and then they were like, it's not actually worth it. And that you can help people be like, it's not worth it. And having those ex- like core things taken care of, I'm like, do we have food? Do I have somewhere to live? Is the power on? Like that was my whole life growing up. I was like, we had those things and there were no extras. So as an adult, I don't understand why I couldn't be like, we have those things, we're fine. It's always like, but we don't have insert shiny object. Well, we're marketed to uh, way beyond anything in any past generation ever, right? So of course we, we you know, open up our phone and we can see what everybody else is doing on every level. Not only can we see what they've purchased, what their house looks like, what kind of furniture they have, what their kids are wearing, we also like how happy do they look? We also get to actually get insight. People are going updated net worth status. And if you're in a debt-free journey and somebody's like, oh, just crossed the quarter million mark. I'm like, ha, <laughs> I can't relate. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, or I saved a quarter million dollars by the time I was 26. I left my high powered executive job and now I'm teaching others to do the same thing. You're thinking, okay. Um, again, can't relate. Uh, so it, it's, it's so easy to not feel enough gratitude with where you are when all those basic things are covered. But what, what we missed in that list is a little bit of joy. We need to make sure that we insert, that we do that goal evaluation and we decide what we want from our future selves. Where are we going? And what are the world, you know, the ground is going to shift beneath our feet, especially if we are dreamers, our path, we're going to go, we were headed there, but guess what? Shiny object. We're going this way now, you know, and it's going to shift, but we want to be flexible with it. And we, and if we make it too restrained on a person who is flexible and open and, and ready to receive the universe, then we block, we energetically shut off all that the universe is going to offer to us. And so I, I think the, the key piece when we talk about that is like, yeah, it ends up being like, I don't have this singular thing if we haven't actually decided what's really important and we just build it in. And then all of a sudden those shiny things, those little things that you're like, oh, my neighbor has that, or this person has that, and I need it too. You're like, that'd be nice, but I've already committed. I've, I've committed to this thing that I've said is really important. And so if I have some spendable fund money, then yeah, and it works in our spending plan, then we're totally going to do it. But if it doesn't, then I'll wait and see if I still want it later. You know, it's just yeah. sort of really rooted in values and, and it, can, it can be better. And like you said, like, you're exactly who I want to help because I, the suffering is silent. You know, we, we go from this embarrassment and this shame, and then all of a sudden we flip it to, to this flex. Like, look at how fast we're doing this. Like, as if doing it slow and steady is not as cele- like worthy of celebration. And it totally is. In fact, you made something sustainable. How'd you do that? That's what I want to know, right? And that's what I want to help people do. You just took it out of my, what I want for people is to have that sustainability factor because shit happens like a global pandemic and navigating that. I'm sure you had so many people with that variable income, just what the shit do I do now? And those were like the first people when I figured out that getting out of debt was something that I was like, I want everyone to get out of debt. How do I help everybody in the world get out of debt? And like helping people who 
lost their jobs? How do you budget more efficiently? How do you negotiate with your debt people to get better payment plans? People like don't know things like that. I'm like, if you call your student loans and you're like, I literally can't pay you X dollars, but I can give you this dollars, they will take your money. I'm gonna tell yeah. you that now, if you owe something money and you call them and you're like, I can't pay you this, but I can pay you this, they will take your money. They wanna yeah. get paid. They don't want it to like just live off. They want to get paid. So there's just like a pro tip. It's calling them a scary, but I've never had, I've never had like a mean conversation with someone. Cause like, that's just their job. Like it's not a personal thing against you. The person at collections, they're just, they are doing their job. And for the most part, their job is to get you to pay them any amount of money. And you just come in like with a nice attitude and ask them how you can work with them or what they can do. Most of the time, I don't think I've had anyone, I don't want to say never. I've never had uh, to renegotiate poorly with someone. And I am someone who had all of their wages garnished for medical debt that I got served for. And then I avoided that. And then the sheriff served me. And then I had to pay them. And then I had to call them and be like, so can you maybe only garnish like 10% of my paycheck every? Because I'm like, I can't pay you. Um and they negotiated. So even if you are at the farthest bit of collections where you don't have an option, there's some potential wiggle room there for you. Um, yeah, the avoidance is, is not, a, it's the easiest thing to do, but it's not the best thing to do. So ha have a plan, come with an offer. So I can't do this, I can absolutely do this, but like having an offer is, is the strongest position. And even just telling them, like you yeah, literally just can't. don't avoid. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that is something that I really, that I wish I had ever worked on because yeah, when you were talking about not being scared of checking your mail, sometimes if there are more than two pieces of mail in my mailbox, I'm just like, what is this other thing? I, I don't get mail. What? Uh, and it's never anything. It's never, ever been anything, but like that little moment of, oh, is this a collections thing? And you start running through your brain, like I paid this and this and this, and what is in my mailbox? Mm -hmm. So really helping people get, not be scared of the mailman. Be there. Yeah. Support them through that. Cause it is, it's, I, I say those examples cause I've felt those examples and I haven't even really been in, in such an extreme position, but just knowing that oh, that's some, that's going to be a bill. Like I just, that feeling, you know. So what are ways that you help yourself get out of, like if you're having like a bad money day, like, mm. cause we all have them. How do you like pull yourself out of that? Um, one of the things that I think that I go to most often with myself and with clients is just reframing as a strategy. So like one thing that I try to swap out is if I'm sort of thinking like, oh, I'm only this far to switch it to I'm already this far and like really gratitude practice because what the life that I have right now, like we talking about uh, global pandemic, but we got smoked last year. My husband's a restaurateur, I'm a massage therapist and a money coach, uh, all variable, all self-employed. But so it's, there's been lots of those days where you're sort of like, oh my gosh, like what have I, what's happening? I can't control anything. I'm totally not strong here. And it's having someone to talk to it's reframing and looking at like, look, look at the beautiful life that you've built. And if I fall into gratitude and at the, at the beginning, like when the pandemic first hit, I was like, I have a house, my kids are healthy. Like I was like, Bleh. and then eventually you do it regularly. Then all of a sudden I'm like, 
oh, the clover smells so beautiful. And you get like grateful in real time. And so a gratitude practice is absolutely whether or not you do it every day, but do it anytime you remember it. Um, And then reframing when you say like, oh, I only have 200 followers. Like I already have 200 followers and I'm so grateful for each and every one of them. Like how exciting is that, you know? And then connecting in community. So stuff like this to me, it's just like, let's make money not scary to talk about. It's inescapable and it's highly emotional. So let's connect, you know? It's just like, I'm so grateful to Clubhouse because it was like, look how I'm going to one room and look at how many people in this room I'm going to be able to connect with. And I'm going to be able to affect other people and help support them in their journey wherever they're at right now. It's just such a beautiful thing. Connection. It's money is such a weirdly taboo topic. It's every single person has to have some form of money in things, in jobs, in everyone, except maybe monks, which is awesome. I think I I couldn't do the silence all the time thing, but like (laughs) money is such an integral part of, yeah. (laughs) Like I was like editing in between like podcasts today. I've been like recording, editing, recording. And so there's like money in everything. And like growing up, we just didn't have money, but nobody taught me how to manage money. Like I just like got into so much debt because I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And like, nobody wanted to talk to me about money. Nobody, like when I was still in like basic jobs, like nobody wanted to talk about like when you get raises, how you get raises, who's making money. The people who were less qualified than me making more money than me because they literally asked for it and I didn't know that was a thing. Nobody talks about money. And then when you do, people look at it and they're like, oh, you're just greedy and money hungry and all you want to talk about is money. And I'm like, false. Yeah, incorrect. Oh, people are like, oh, all you just talk about money. You're just so materialistic. I'm like, false. Mm -mm -mm." I am trying to help other people get out of that because it's not selfish it's not greedy to want enough money to live a good life it's not that that money script uh, um exists very often for people who don't have any money right and so we get taught in a society that having money for for those of us who might fall in the middle to lower class realm get taught that having money is evil and bad the villains are always the rich ones right we get sort of really conditioned to believe that having money is bad or talking about money is bad, but you didn't get taught about money management because no one taught the people who should have taught you. Right. It was just like, like literacy, like get to know how to, as long as they can't read, we can control them. As long as they can't manage their money, we can control them. And it's just a, we just need a baseline. We need a baseline and it's, it's inescapable. It's this power tool that we got given and we can't escape. It's highly emotional and there's no manual. And maybe if you're lucky, you have your parents' old model that you can kind of go off of. But even that model from Gen X and Boomer, that model does not apply to the millennials at all. So it's got to evolve and we have to talk about it. And we have to feel safe to talk about it. We have to feel safe to be like, yeah, I have debt. I have a negative net worth. That's okay. I'm working on it. See, that was like when I... So I did network marketing was my intro to sales. And I thought that was going to get me out of debt. Spoiler Mm. alert, didn't work, but it got me into a space where other people 
were even talking about the ability to do it. And that got my brain kind of, oh, they're like in their thirties and they paid off all their debt. What, how, that's a thing. That's Because as far as, as far as uh, my student loans and my husband's student loans were concerned at the time, we would be paying them off for another 10 years. And that seemed so normal to me. So then when I was like, I would like to be debt-free and I would uh, like to not have this run my whole life. How do I do that? And then finding out, I was like, oh, if I had known how to budget before, I probably wouldn't have had to take out as many loans as I did. Oh, if I had had any idea how to save money, like what amount of money I should be saving or just like any little things, or if I hadn't been so damn scared to ask anyone for money advice, because I didn't want to seem stupid. I didn't want to seem like I wasn't good at money, even though everybody around me was also not very good at money. So we were all sucking at money together with like one rich friend whose parents were paying for everything, but we didn't know that. I had no idea one of my friend's parents was paying for everything. I just thought that they just had money, just magically, just magically had money. (laughs) And so like not having those questions, like being so, it's, it's wild to me to look back and think about the conversations I didn't have with like coworkers because I was like, oh, I can't ask them what they do with their money or like how much their house payment is or like how they even got a house or any of that. Cause like now we like wanna buy a house and I'm like, and so now I'm like, how do you buy a house? But I'm asking these questions a couple of years ago. I'd have just been like, well, we'll just take out a loan for all of it and not save any of it. Was, Why not? And so asking better questions well, asking the questions that you were scared to ask, which is why I'm so hyped about Clubhouse now, which I wasn't four days ago. I was like, I was, we're going to talk about Clubhouse. I got invited in December. I did nothing. It was just an app on my phone. And then I did an interview with somebody who is super about Clubhouse. And I was like, all right, I'll just get on and I will just try and see. And I'm like, you can ask anything and no one can see you ask mm-hmm. no one can see you anonymity is like they can see your picture and sure they can go follow you on instagram but in that room in that moment you can ask whatever you want and you don't have to be scared of it and i think that is going to be one of the most amazing things for clubhouse as long as it stays audio only please don't ever make me go on video i have instagram for that <laughs> but nah. Like, how long have you been on Clubhouse? Like, when did you start? Uh, (laughs) 10 days ago? 10 days ago, yeah. And I think to me, the beauty of it, and even just in 10 days, I I love Instagram. And I went from personal to business. And I never go to my personal anymore because I'm, like, just filled with unaligned people um, and, like, giveaway follows and things that I did that were just, like, just follow a thousand people and I don't connect with any of them or, or a handful. And then I went to my business and I sort of curated this community in my business Instagram and I love it. And then I found clubhouse. And now even in 10 days, I go back to my Instagram and I go, Oh, this is still kind of a cool kids club. I still kind of feel like I'm trying to be part of the club. And in clubhouse, you can get on stage and get direct access to people who are crushing it in the exact field that you want to crush it in. And you can ask them a question directly. And guess what? They're so kind about it. They're like, that's a great question. I totally understand why you're asking it here's my advice to you. And if, yo, that's uh, powerful. And like, I was 
chatting with somebody the other day uh, about going in and doing a pitch and I'm an extrovert. So sometimes I just sort of like jump in without kind of prepping myself. And I fell on my face in a, I was just kind of like, boo, this is what I do. And boo. And uh, I got so much feedback, but they were, and they didn't reference me like later as somebody who made a mistake, but that's fine. Uh, they were able to show me things and highlight things that I wouldn't have even been able to articulate in a question. Like I didn't even know to ask that because it was such a blind spot. So it was like so revealing in that way. And so as far as like personal growth and expansion and connection and networking, it's such a gift, you know, it's, I'm, I'm pumped on it. <laughs> I'm pumped it's, on it. You're right. It's so, I was so intimidated because I was like, I don't have any idea. And when like Nicole broke it down, she was like, you don't have to talk. Cause the whole time I was, I'm going to have to talk. I don't want to talk about. So I was just like, eh. but you can listen and you can learn. You can talk if you want, but like the networking connection, like I thought I was making great connections on Instagram and on Facebook and everyone, I booked seven podcast interviews in 30 hours with people who I had no network connection with. Like I'm following them on Instagram, no mutuals, different. I have a different country now. There's so many different things. I'm like, but we all are focused on the same thing. We're here to support. And yeah, they're like some of the most supportive people in like two days, the, the feedback and just wanting you to succeed. It's such an intimate thing to be able to have a conversation with someone on a level that is so beyond where you are and have them be so incredibly respectful. I, I did not expect that. Like people with hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram who I knew their team would never open my DM and never reply. And I'm just, can you audit my bio or give me some feedback? And you said doing a pitch. I am a diehard introvert. Talking to people is hard. I am way better podcasting generally or like in a text. I'm like, how do I pitch someone? And just so, so much goodness in like two days. It's like Clubhouse is just like open. I'm either editing or like I'm recording or podcast. It was like Clubhouse is open. And y'all, I feel like we're so cool to be in on this on the ground floor where it's like still you have to get an invite. I feel so cool. <laughs> It does feel really lucky, you know, it's, I, I do feel lucky to have this opportunity because who knows what will happen as it blows up if you'll still have the same access to people. But I just, I, and your pitch when we were in a room, I can't remember what room we were in, but you were so natural. And I was like, oh, you don't sound like an introvert. <laughs> you sounded like perfectly practiced and it was really good. And I think sometimes we, uh, we think we sound less prepared than we really are. And so Clubhouse is good in that. I love that you can never hear it again. That's a good thing. The podcast, you're like, well, I can hear what I said, but in Clubhouse, it's like, it's gone. It's into the universe and hopefully someone heard it and I never have to hear it. So I never in get podcasting, to the When I edit myself and I have to listen to myself say words and I'm just like, mm, no. That's what with, hey? yeah. <laughs> like, I just think it's so, it's just so exciting to be able to get on there and that you can host your own rooms and topics mm. and yeah whether or not clubhouse crashes and burns once it goes public or it becomes this monetized insanity thing i think making these connections right now while you can is 
yes. phenomenal because you're expanding your network and yeah, just being able to talk. And I'm probably a practiced introvert because I have only had one. No, somebody tried to talk to me at the gym the other day, but I've really only had like one or two in-person conversations with someone that's not my husband in over a year or oh not over a year. But Almost like once, but once like I got laid off from my hotel job, I didn't talk to anyone else. Like my gym closed. I don't talk to anybody at the gym. Don't talk to me at the gym. If you somehow live in Nashville, please don't. But I, we moved here. I have no friends here because we moved and then pandemic. And I'm like at a super high risk for COVID because my lungs are awful. And I was just like, I have no in-person communication. So I just like Zoom call with people and that's my thing now. Which, you know, making it work. Um, so since we're recording this in January, uh, I'm still asking people this since it's not February yet. So we survived 2020. <laughs> what, <laughs> barely, uh, what was probably like your biggest takeaway from 2020? Like when you look back on it, you're like, I'm glad this happened or you learned this. What, what is your big takeaway from last year? Um, well, we, like we touched on earlier, um, my husband's a restaurateur and I'm a massage therapist and a money coach. And when the pandemic hit, my husband and I got smoked. Like we got our legs taken out from under us. You know, we had opened our restaurant eight months, uh, before the pandemic hit. We went, we've had a restaurant for 12 years. We went from quick service. We made the jump into full service. Restaurants are delayed. We opened late. We used our emergency fund that we had established, you know, and then we were just getting our feet back under us and the pandemic hit. And I'm super grateful to be Canadian for one, because our government was quick with uh, relief. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, we're still waiting. We're still waiting. Maybe (laughs) with this new administration, we might. I'm hopeful for you guys. Mm, yeah, we, I'm super, super lucky. We had that liberal uh, federal government in place and they were really quick with getting uh, support, but it's just still not enough, right? Uh, it's just the bare minimum and we sort of like scrape by, but um, the beauty in that bulldozing was that I sort of came back into the personal finance space and that shame forward lens was so bright to me, I came back and everybody was just like, should have had an emergency fund. I told you so. And I was like, yo, I'm experiencing a crisis and this is not, this is not helpful. You're not helping me. You're not empathizing with me. You're not. And I, and then I sort of had to do like a gut check. Like, am I making people feel this way in my content, in the things that I make? And I just sort of like disappeared for a while off the Instagram. Um, I went camping. My parents have some land and we just like went into nature for a month. And then I sort of started to like come back and I just really like reflected. And I was like, I really want to make sure that if I do this, I do this from a place of integrity, from a place of like honoring my client, honoring myself and with respect for myself and for them and for where they're at, because everybody's story is so unique. So I'm really grateful for, and it really shook me out of the like, any bits of leftover anxiety about sacrifice and restriction and scarcity 
were gone. Cause I was like, listen, if we can handle this and I can do all of these things to do all of the tightness and the ground is still going to move beneath my feet. Then why don't I just get loose, you know? And, and not, not careless, but like, I can, I can be respectful and, and kind to myself in this process. So I, I'm really grateful for that part in that we made it through. We're starting to come around to the other side. And, and so I am grateful for the opportunity to really focus on what's important. And it really has driven me toward money coaching full-time. Like I want to go all in and, uh, and just have this be the thing I do because I get so much joy from it. The pandemic kind of catapulted my business to some extent because people were realizing they didn't have those money management skills. Like they weren't trying to live on a strapped budget. They lost a full income. And I don't want to say that my coaching is cheap, but I am not trying to make a million dollars by putting other people into debt. Like my mission is to help people financially work through it. So I made so many free resources. Like you can find my budget blueprint. You can find all of my tips on my Instagram. Like so much that I go through. I'm like, because when we were getting debt free, I wish there had been like, how do you budget when you only have one income? How do you prioritize? What what can you cut at what points? And when to give yourself grace and make allowances. Like, I wish I had bought my own birthday cake last year, but we were like, we're not going to do anything. So little things like that, where you can like still have the joy, but be responsible. I just really want to train people to be responsible and not in a shame. Oh, you're, you're in debt kind of way. Just like, well, this is how you can manage your money and plan because I think budgeting gives you so much power knowing where your money's going even if you don't always know how much is coming in like with your clients but like knowing where it's going and you being the one who decides when you're going to pay things there's so much power in deciding when I'm going to pay my power bill every month Mm. (laughs) like like that was so big to me that I could decide that I would pay my power bill early in the month when I got the bill versus on the day, because I was always like, um, uh, see, I knew how long bills could be before they'd be like, ah, reminder, you're late. And be like, "Mm." but there's so much power in knowing where your money is and wherever your money is, whether you're a ton in debt, whether you're overdrafting your account, whether you don't have any savings, like knowing your money takes the power back like you get it back because then it's not running you you are running it and it does not control you. your money should not control your joy like I'm so glad that you were talking about gratitude and joy because even when we were drowning in debt I was like I have these cats and I can feed my cats and all these things like the littlest thing that gratitude shift for me was so big because when I was a kid we didn't always be able, we couldn't always turn the heat on because it costs money. And now as an adult, I don't forget that because I am a freezing cold human and my house is literally like 79 degrees right now. Uh, I have, I have, there's no chill in my house. It is, it is, a, it is like 30 degrees outside. It is a solid 40 degrees warmer in the house. Wow. And I don't take that for granted anymore. Mm-hmm. And I used to. 
And so I try to help people find like one thing to be grateful for because as shitty as it is to pay your rent or your mortgage, you have a place to live Mm -hmm. and just really appreciating that. And I just love, I love all the things you talked about with gratitude and joy because that's so, because what is life without joy? You can have life without money. You can figure it out, but you cannot have life without joy. Like it is, I don't think it's possible. You shouldn't, you should not have to deal with life without joy. Uh, So now that we are in 2021, what are you most looking forward to this year? What do you have coming out? What are you so hyped to get to do? Um, uh, Right now I do one-to-one coaching. And so this year I'm working on a, a group program sort of done with you program. Um, that's sort of what I have upcoming for quarter two. Um, right now I do a six session coaching program where you're sort of looking for strategy plus support throughout the process, some accountability. Um, and then I have a 12 session coaching program where it's more, I'm looking to sort of recognize where I'm blocked, more coaching focus with strategy on top. And that's great for folks who are a little bit nervous to sort of show their numbers. You know, your first time coaching session is always like a little bit locked up. Like they're going to make me show my stuff. And it's like, no, we're just actually going to start with a conversation and find out what money means to you. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, that's okay. That sounds okay. And so the 12 session program is for, for folks who know that there's some sort of, you know, financial trauma in their past, or there's some sort of thing that they know is emotionally blocking them and they want to really work it out and, and really cr- cultivate that safe relationship with money. Um, but yeah, working toward a, a small group, like five people, uh, group coaching to sort of done with you, uh, cash flow planning. That that's, is that's my, fabulous. that's my business hope. And then, uh, you know, I have all kinds of stuff for family and that kind of thing. That's amazing. Yes. Group group coaching is so important because I think in things like this, knowing we can say you're not the only one struggling with this, that, and the other thing when it comes to money. But like when you're like in those groups and you get to be on like zoom calls together and like talking about your wins or struggles, my group gave me so many just like savings hacks in life and just grocery saving hacks and just little things you can learn from people is probably like one of the most valuable things that I feel like from the groups, it's like that little community, because sometimes you're just, I can't pay this and you're upset and you just need someone to, like you said, it's going to be okay. You're you can, not alone here. Yeah. And that's so, I love all of it. I love money communities and just yeah. creating like a good place. Cause there's so much, like we talked about, there's just so much online where make six figures, make seven, eight, not, I'm not going to say that not everyone wants to make those numbers, but not everyone needs that much money to be happy. Like, honestly. So I'm just like super we can be happy right now. Yes, you can be happy with the money that you have right now. And so really focusing on the now in things, making your life better right this second, not once you're out of debt, not once you have a certain number in the bank, not once you once have you run the such marathon, such once you do the, it's your, you can be happy right now. And even if you, I think a lot of times the thing that sort of pops up that surprises me is people will feel like, oh, I can't pay this thing. I can't do this thing. And they have they make lots of money, right? So you could make a lot of money and still feel this way. So it's not even to say that you're, you have to be a person in debt who can make these changes and have this joy, claim this joy back. The joy is missing from people all across the spectrum. And in fact, high income earners are often 
in the most danger <laughs> because they have the biggest shovel. So, you know, they get in deep really quick and they can get out just as quick, but they have to actually make the decision to make the change. So I don't want to leave out those who are maybe not in the, on the far end of the struggle uh, financially in the lower income, because we sometimes assume it's lower income people and, and lower income people are often most aware of their money, right? They're usually the most tight and it's the higher income that are, are most like, oh, I'll just make more money. I can just, oh, that's just another, oh, if I pick up one more client or if I just, you know, do another little thing. So I don't want to leave them out of the conversation, but yes, that's, yeah, absolutely. that's so important because you can be making a shitload of money and you can be so bad at money that you could have like a six figure day mm-hmm. and then all of it's gone. It's just, and you don't know where the heck it went. It's that disconnect of like not knowing. So yes, absolutely. Across all income spectrums, you can have money problems. Rich people have money problems. Rich people have negative money mindsets or they have tied all of their worth into that money. So if you're some of my six figure entrepreneur ladies that I know listen to this, your worth is more than money and just all of that. So I think I appreciate that you brought that up because I feel like I definitely don't even hit on that enough. Cause yeah, you can make a ton of money and you can still be really bad at money. Like you see it in professional athletes all the time, movie yeah. stars. Oh, they made $10 million and they're, they have nothing. Uh, so, and that comes a lot from, those negative feelings about money and just, you just let it go. You just like spend all of it because you're scared of it. And then you'll have any show for it. Yeah. And well, in our childhood too, right? Like, like you said, if you grow up being afraid to turn on the heat, you might be a person who makes, you know, seven figures a year and you still have a scarcity in your heart that says, yeah, but what if one day I can't, right? That, that's a conversation I've had with a client going, you're absolutely safe. And they're, but that safety, they don't feel it yet. They haven't actually explored. They haven't created a framework and a system that's going to support them and empower them. Look at how much you get to spend. We can flip it. We don't have to like, this is what you have to cut. We can talk about, this is what you get to spend on whatever your heart desires. And you're safe to do that. You're hundred percent safe to do that. You know, so scarcity exists across all, all the way across the income spectrum. And we need to make sure that we are inclusive of everybody to that because it is, you know, we all have our own stories and we all come from different places and, and it's uh, very impactful and something to remember. And we can all have these open, honest discussions at any point. Like if you're listening to this and some of these things are coming up, just shoot us a DM. I'm going to have all of her, I'll have all of her info in the show notes. You can connect with her. And some people are like, Cassie, why do you bring out other money coaches if you're a money coach? And I'm like, because going to connect with people on here that I can't. And it's a disservice Mm -hmm. for me as a coach to not offer alternatives. I, I would be doing a literal service because I feel that way. I'm like, oh, if someone had like mentioned this person to me that could have helped me that I was going to relate to. Like, that's so important. That's why I do this podcast. That's why I'm, I'm bringing so many coaches on. I'm like, cause they're going to connect. That story is going to connect. And I want people to work with the people who are going to serve them the absolute best. Because when it comes to money, the person who is working with you, 
if they're not serving you, it is a disservice to your experience. And so I'm so excited for whoever slides into your DMs that you get to help. And I'm just super pumped about it. Uh, I just love to close out with my guest telling me if you could go back to 15, 16 year old you and give yourself a piece of advice, what would you tell her? <laughs> There's a lot of things I would remind 15 year old Loren. Um, but I think it would be take the time to appreciate your life. I have been very blessed in my life. I've never really gone without, um, not as spoiled, but I've never worried about the heat. And I've got parents who told me they love me and checked on my homework. And I had all these little blessings that I sort of took for granted, especially 15 year old me. Um, and if I had fallen into a gratitude practice or in, a, in an appreciation, I would have developed empathy sooner. I would have been able to look out into the world and said, look where I am and look what I can offer someone else, right? Just like you're talking about, it's a disservice to withhold information because that's a scarcity thing, right? If I, I, that's a fear that there's not enough to go around and that is absolutely untrue. And so I think if 15 year old Loren could have heard me, I would say, uh, take the time to appreciate your life and to, and to really, really be grateful for those who are helping you along because you're not in this alone. Absolutely. You are, you are not alone. You can appreciate where you're at, no matter how bad you think right now is just appreciate being alive. Honestly, yeah. I used to not necessarily appreciate that and then really when covid happened and so many people have died that it's death was like always like a thing that happened and now that i'm living through literally thousands of people a day are dying here from covid I'm, life is so short there are people on ventilators who cannot breathe and i'm out here complaining not necessarily that you can't complain about things but you can you should also appreciate things that you have while you have them because life is short and we are all just doing the very best that we freaking can that's it exactly we're doing our best I'm just so thankful that you took the time to hang out with me. If anything that either of us have said has resonated with y'all, definitely take a screenshot of the episode, tag us on Instagram. Both of our handles will be in the description. Connect with us. We love to hear from you guys. Like, and if you have any money questions, any money thoughts, definitely DM us, let us know. We are open books and we are here to help all of y'all. And I am just so freaking thankful that we got to do this so fast. Yeah, so fast. Thanks so much, guys. Mm -hmm.